Today we interview Coach Jared Valentine beginning his ninth season as the head coach of Warner Pacific Knights. Warner Pacific is located in Portland, Oregon, and they play in the Cascade Collegiate Conference. They play in a relatively small gym, and they get wild, raucous crowds. And you better bring your game to Warner Pacific because it's loud, and Coach Valentine's teams defend as any well as anybody in the country. Coach Valentine has led the Knights to the national tournament six times, and they're always a top contender in the Cascade Conference. In 2014 and 15, Coach Valentine led the team to a conference title, and he was voted the Cascade Conference Coach of the Year. He's coached seven All-Americans, 19 All-Cascade Conference honorees, and most importantly, seven academic All-Conference honorees. Coach Valentine has a long history with Warner Pacific. He played for his father for two seasons and led the Knights to the NCCAA National Tournament in 2000. Despite suffering a season-ending knee injury his senior year, Valentine still ranks sixth in all-time assist with 371. Coach Valentine joins us in 30 seconds. We're here with Jared Valentine, head coach of Warner Pacific Knight, located in Portland, Oregon. Welcome, Jared. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Good to be here. So, Jared, I want to ask you first uh, about a game last year in December. You were playing Multnomah. Justin Martin scored 71 points. This is a game I got to go to. Can you just talk about, you know, what was going through your head? How did you try to stop him and walk us through that? Sure. Uh, I mean, I guess the first thing I'd say is we didn't execute very well. Um, you know, guy dropped 71 on you. You probably didn't do a great job. That said, he was phenomenal. You know, he made some incredible shots. We progressively got better throughout the game, I think, in defending him. Um, you know, he's a guy that you got to meet early. You got to find him in transition. Uh, Multnomah looks for him on any kind of offensive rebound. They'll kick it out, and it's an opportunity to get him some threes. They run all the sets for him. Um, he's, you know, super talented, so you have to be really prepared. And we were um, the scheduling with Multnomah. We always play him on a Tuesday, and that's harder because you only have really a day to prepare. So that was part of it. Um, certainly wasn't an excuse for us not to uh, do a better job. But we let him, I, I think, you know, there's a couple of critical things that happened. We let him get going early. Um, we didn't find him in transition in the first half. He got um, several early threes on us, and that kind of got him going and the crowd going there. Our best defender from last year, Colin, um, picked up a technical in the uh, early in the second half. And Part of our plan, and we used it the second time we played him this season, but part of our plan was to put Colin on if we had trouble toward the end of the game. And he picked, had picked up his third or fourth. I don't remember those. I think, I think it was foul, his fourth he foul when he trouble. picked up that technical. I think that was the yeah. fourth. Yeah, and so I, I just wasn't willing to use him in that way because I didn't want him to pick up another foul. You know, in retrospect, he probably should have. But um, So those are some contributing factors. You know, and, and the key thing is, <laughs> He's really talented, and he made a bunch of threes. And that's you know, it's he's special talent in our conference. Well, it was just one of those nights, and like you say, uh, he got going. You know, he was shooting from close to half court. Some of those, I kept the guy I was with. I kept saying, I just let him keep shooting those. He just kept making them. Uh, it was it was amazing, yep, and uh, going in. you could probably yep. second guess it until the cows come home. But when somebody starts, probably like you say, once if you could have kept him from from getting going. And then, you know, because of that game, he got so much attention, and then teams really started mm-hmm. defending him different. And he did have a, a few good games after that, but teams really found ways to slow him down. 
after that because that made such a big splash. So last season was a, it was an atypical season for your program. Uh, You finished over, over 500, but that that's not what, that's not Warner Pacific basketball. You really never found your footing during the cascade conference. Uh, Could you just talk, talk about last season for a moment? Um, you know, we had a, a reasonable amount of talent last year, and we just couldn't put it together. And I think there's a variety of reasons why. Our preseason was solid. We had some holes offensively. We didn't shoot it probably well enough from uh, multiple positions. Um, we didn't have enough creativity in our guard play. But And, and you know, teams start scouting, and that's normal. And so they start taking things away. So our early preseason, so pre-season was decent, and we're a team that didn't grow as much as I would have liked. And so you get into conference play and teams, you know, have, have stepped up their game a little bit, start taking things away. And, you know, we weren't able to control some of those margins. We weren't able to do the same in terms of take things away from our opponents in the way that we needed to. And we weren't able to respond to teams making adjustments to us very well. Um, it was a combination of factors that led to that. Um, but ultimately we just didn't, you know, didn't perform at the level we wanted to. We did have a fantastic individual player in Colin Malcolm that had a great season, but, um, in a lot of other areas, we just didn't perform the way we wanted to. Just, let's just take a second and talk about some of those graduates from that team. You mentioned Colin Malcolm, a player I really respected because every night, uh, he was probably one of the most consistent players in the conference. He was from Ashland, Oregon, averaged 19 points a game, eight rebounds, uh, 45 blocks, 47 threes, 52 assists, 37 steals. He did everything. Yeah, he was a complete player, and you know he he um, we came to us as a freshman. You know he was he's a good athlete and had a range of skills, but certainly was not the player that he turned into. Be he was a guy that really really worked hard at his game and his body. He was in the gym all the time. He had a specific goal in mind. He wanted to be able to play some professional basketball, and you know he dedicated himself to that and he accomplished it. He's um, over in Europe um, playing hoops right now and keeping tabs on him. Uh, but, yeah, he was an absolute complete player. I, I think he was the best defender in the conference. You know, had a complete game on the offensive end. He could handle it, could shoot the three, stood around the basket, um, solid in penetration. And he's still improving. And then uh, you also graduate Kyrie Williams out of Lakeview Terrace, California, 10 points, two rebounds. Yeah, Kyrie had a decent season for us last year. Um, lefty, um, real explosive as an athlete. He actually is still around the program, so I have several guys that needed one extra term to um, graduate, so we, we get to see him some. And, yeah, he had a good season for us. Nice player. And Brandon Bell, he was out of St. Paul, Minnesota. He was kind of an inside-outside guy. Nine points. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon had, had some special capacity. Yeah, he big body, could shoot the three. You know, last season he, he was a person that didn't perform as well as he would have wanted to. You know, he just really never got a shot going the way he can. And, you know, he, he has the potential to do some really good things. And the previous year as a, as a junior for us, he had probably a better season than that senior, uh, which is a little unusual, um, but it happens sometimes. And he yeah. just, you know, never quite got going the way he wanted to and had an okay season, but, you know, it was a little disappointing for both of us. And then one more graduate, you had uh, Terrence Weineke out of Palm Springs, five points, four and a half rebounds. Terrence is a good athlete, smart defender, 
Um, and that's kind of what, you know, how we saw him entering the season. He gave us some size and physicality. He could handle the ball and create a little bit on the offensive end. You know, and, and he really performed in the way that we had hoped he would. But, um, you know, ultimately the combination you know, didn't quite get us to where we wanted it to be. So last season's over. You're rebuilding the team for this year. You're known around the conference as a, a outstanding defensive team. That's always your, your trademark. So when you build a team, what personality, what traits, what do you want your teams to look like? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I think like a lot of coaches, you want to be tough. Um, you want to be physical, athletic, and aggressive. Um, those are definitely t- traits that we're looking for in recruiting. You know, we don't, we're not just looking at the defensive end. We're, of course, looking at the offensive end, too, and their range of skills. And You know, I, w- I want to be able to piece a team together that will work. Um, and I think that's probably how I see it um, when I'm in the recruiting process. We need, I know we need a piece like this. I know we need a piece like that. It's challenging in recruiting, uh, especially as the conference continues to invest in its programs. And I think that's one of the things we're seeing is that some of our conference teams have upped their game, and we're trying to do the same. Um, but, you know, ultimately we want a team that is intelligent and tough and able to learn our defensive, have our, our, understand our defensive expectations. You know, Jared, you, you mentioned the, the level of talent. I've noticed just a, a huge jump over the past 20 years in the level of talent that this conference and other NAI schools at this level are able to get. You know, it used to be mm-hmm. you might get a, you know, an all-conference player, but you know, now every team needs to have a couple of, you know, all-state player of the year kind of kind of people yeah. to really compete. I would agree. I do think the talent is improving. I think some of it is the depth of talent um, period has developed. Um, the game of basketball is growing and developing. So you're seeing more athletes that are really good players that don't have Division One or Division Two schools to attend. And so uh, the talent is, is moving down. I think that's some of it. I think also you're seeing specifically in the Cascade Conference, it's a little harder for me to speak about any programs across the country, but specifically in the Cascade Conference, I think you're seeing increased professionalism and really financial investment in the programs, you know, where you have, if you look at some of the top programs in our conference, you know, OIT or C of I, um, the level of professionalism they have in the coaching staff and attention that those programs get is big. You know, there's a following there. And, and with the following comes that kind of investment. And so I think that has impacted as well. It's high-level basketball. And so, you know, elite athletes do want to come play for those schools. So, Coach Valentine, your team plays in a gym that's named after your father. He's a legendary coach. What emotions (laughs) does that invoke? And, I mean, you very successfully carried on a winning tradition. Uh, You were a star at Warner Pacific, uh, and now you've went on to be the head coach of not only your alma mater, but continuing a family legacy. What what has that journey been like, and what have been some of the ups and downs? Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I um, played for my father in the late 90s and early 2000s at Warner. I'm just, I just got to play for him for two seasons. Um, and that was, you know, uh, obviously a very meaningful experience for both of us. You know, uh, we got to do the same thing in high school and won a state title in 97. And so, you know, we have that, you know, anchor kind of in our relationship where we've spent a lot of time together and done some 
really fun things in, with the game of basketball for, as a father and a son. So, you know, I think as I look back and reflect on the journey, that's part of it is that it's just a, um, a part of our family and part of our um, story and something that we have is in our relationship that connects us and keeps us united as the family. You know, and then I got to assist him uh, as he was, we were building the program at Warren Pacific. You know, we started the program in back up in the late 90s. We didn't have an intercollegiate program at all at Warren Pacific. And he came back and started the program, and I came and helped him as a player at first and then as an assistant. And first few years were pretty lean. You know, we got beat up a little bit in the conference and um, learned some important lessons. And, uh, you know, my dad is you know, a winner. He's won at every level, and he figured it out. And I was there with him to kind of help him navigate some of that. And, uh, you know, slowly I think we progressed to the point where we were able to build a program that was one of the top programs in the conference for, for quite a while. And so, you know, I think building something with my father in that way was really fun and, you know, also develops you as a person and, and uh, in your profession and your craft. And that's something that I care a lot about is just understanding the game and understanding, you know, what the strategic things we want to do and how we want to coach things. And I appreciate that aspect of what we get to do as coaches. So, you know, now uh, with him as being retired, he, he's usually in the stands. He, he actually is still coaching um, high school basketball and won a state title a couple of years ago with Columbia Christian here at a local school, mm-hmm. local small um, private high school. Um, I, I'm, I think he's about ready to hang it up the next couple of years for good, but you never know with him. Um, but he's often in the stands, and, you know, I think as an ongoing kind of connection for us, he he and I just talk a lot about hoops. You know, he and I were talking about um, his, what defense he wants to use this year, and, you know, we've, we, you know, defensively, he, he's still able to provide me all kinds of insights, and he comes to the games. He's one of the first three people I want to talk to afterwards because he can give me, one, some perspective. You know, we coaches sometimes get a little bit, you know, in our own worlds or emotional at times about what happened on the floor or breasts or, you know, with a particular player that we were frustrated with. And, you know, talking to him afterwards, he's almost always helpful with his perspective. He can say, you did a good job. Here's some things you can look at. It's not as bad as you think or it's not as good as you think. And so that's just, as an ongoing relationship piece, um, that's something I really value and what we get to share as coaches. Well, you, you should be very proud of that that whole family legacy you have at Warner Pacific. You you and your father are very well respected. In fact, I got to tell you, after that game ended at Multnomah, your your dad was the first person I sought out because I wanted his perspective. I trust him. You know, I know I know he has a great. I wanted his perspective, yeah. and of course, he had it all broke down by the time I got to him. Uh, he's he's, <laughs> yeah. he's a brilliant ba- basketball mind. Uh, so, so this year you've you're going to look a little bit different, uh, but you have some returners. You have a a group of guards coming back, upperclassmen, Jalen Bauer, Mo Bethea, and uh, Corey Thomas. Can you talk about that group. Yeah, it's a, a group that has a variety of different skills. And Corey's kind of an attacking guard with the physical physicality and gets to the rim well. He's really developed a perimeter shot that's solid. Mo is is perimeter shooter that had a fantastic sophomore year and then his junior year last year his performance dipped a little bit i think people knew who he was and so really worked to take his perimeter shot away 
And then Jalen's kind of in the middle. You know, he's he can shoot it pretty effectively and gets to the rim pretty effectively, and it's the kind of more balanced of the three players. So they all bring kind of a different skill set, and they're players that can use in different roles and situations. And you've went out and you've got several transfers, and you've got some red shirts coming back. So let's talk about uh, Kadeem Strickland. He he comes uh, Western Oregon via PCC. He's out of yeah. Portland, Oregon. Yeah, Kadeem's a local kid for us. You know, he went to Jefferson High School. His father's the head coach at Jefferson. A fantastic perimeter shooter and has played at some high levels. Uh, I've been impressed with his ability to score the basketball so far in practice. Uh, you know, I've had seen him obviously quite a bit previously, but you know, getting actually getting him in the gym and working with him, um, super smart, picks things up really, really fast. Very good distributor of the basketball, makes good reads. Um, solid defender. He's undersized, which is one of the reasons he bounced around a little bit. But um, he'll, he'll be a talented guard in our conference for sure. And then you brought in J.D. Esters as well. He played at Humboldt and out at Eastern Oregon for a bit. Again, you know, a lot of these guys we recruit are local players. J.D. is a graduate of Lincoln High School. Um, we knew who he was in high school and played D2 ball then at Humboldt State and then trans- transferred to Eastern Oregon and was a fine player for them several years ago. And he's been out of the game. You know, he's just, I don't he had some family stuff going on, so he left Eastern and was working, and we have a gym, and we have open gym sometimes, and got to see him one day, and I got to talking and connected with him. And um, he's a talented basketball player, and, he was in school for us last spring. He's a good student, did a really good job, and we're excited to have his point guard play this year. And you got a couple of big guards uh, that transferred. Charles Williams, he's out of Houston. He played over at North Idaho, and Ascari Carter out of Medford. He came from uh, Tacoma Community College. He's off a of redshirt, though, right? Yeah, so Ascari's in a program last year. He's a real nice athlete. He's six four, long, jumps really well, quick, really fine defender. And we wanted him to develop some of his offensive skills. Um, we had uh, some extra bodies last year, and I knew he probably could have played last year, but I just thought it was best for him and his development, both as a player and as a student, uh, to take the year and focus on his growth. And he really is one of those guys that dedicated himself and got better. Um, his perimeter shot is has come a long way and I'm excited to what he you know what he can bring to the floor in terms of his um, intensity on the defensive end and you know that's an area that I don't think we were quite good enough last year and I'm excited that we have a scar to step in and help us with that Charles um, also a fine athlete good physicality real good defender on the basketball I've been pretty impressed with him so far in practices um, capable score he can do some of both get to the rim and shoot it uh, so it's nice to have um, some guards with some size in addition to J.D. and Kadeem, who are smaller guards, that can do some things for us. And you have another guy coming off red shirt, uh, Caleb Tompkins. Caleb will be a junior this year. Um, he's been around, this is his third season with us, or fourth season with us because he took a red shirt year. Um, so... Uh, Caleb came from Alaska originally, recruited him as a freshman, and he was uh, real skilled uh, and smart, but just wasn't quite physical enough, you know, to be an important impact player in the basket conference. And he's, you know, he's maybe maybe still not quite physical enough, but he's developed significantly. 
Um, he's shooting the ball with more confidence. Um, he's playing with a lot more confidence. He was always a guy that could that was intelligent and make good reads on the floor. And he's kind of a playmaker. Sneak in and get a rebound you don't ex- expect him to get or get a, come up with an important steal. He's that kind of player. Um, but he's developed to the point with his offensive game where he's contributing, you know, with the, whether it's his shooting or making a decent play in penetration in a way that I think you put him in position to really help us. And he's, he's real long. He's about 6'6". Six, six. You know, so he's one of those long, thin athletes that is heady and smart and will do some good things for us this year. So you have uh, some returners to build around. Mm-hmm. You appear to have a fantastic transfer class coming in. What is it going to take for Warner Pacific to do well in the Cascade Conference and go deep into the postseason? What What are the keys for you? Um, yeah, it, first thing is they're not going to be easy. We're OIT's effect in the country and deservedly so. C of I is up in the top five and they deserve it. But it's going to be hard for any of us to challenge those two programs right now. I think there's several other programs that are right there behind them. And Corbin or uh, Southern Oregon, Eastern Oregon, there's a lot of really good programs this, this season. And as I look at this uh, conference, I don't know that I've seen a uh, um, conference with as much competitive teams at the top. So uh, it's not going to be easy. I, I feel like we have to be one of the scrappiest, toughest defensive teams in the conference. And that's always a goal. But with this crew in particular, we might be a little undersized. And um, I just think it's really critically important for us to be a team that every night goes out and compete and you know causes problems for the for the offensive opponent. I think we also need to shoot it well. You know, we're being a little undersized. I think we can space the floor out on the offensive end and attack teams that way. Um, you know, you look at a program like Multnomah with their success last year and uh, stretching teams. I think you know there's a case to be made that the game's trending that way and. You know, we want to be able to space the floor this year and attack people. So offensively, I think that's a huge key for us as we move forward. And I think any season, uh, something that's really critical is you develop a belief in a chemistry as you go through the year that contributes to you to you growing and developing as a team. I think the example I gave um, about our team from this previous season is that I don't think we grew in the way we needed to, and I think that's why we struggled in conference play. Um, and I've seen that certainly with some of my teams in the past and other teams in our conference. And so as I think about the season and look forward to you know, what do we need to do to win some games and um, return to kind of be one of the better programs in the conference, I think that that's a huge key. we got to grow. we got to get better. Um, we can't be a team that um, you know, is who we are and doesn't really improve it during the course of the season. So those are the things that I'm I'm emphasizing right now. Well, as you know, there's there's not a night off in the Cascade Conference, whether you're going to Eastern and facing Max McCullough or going to Caldwell and Talon Pinckney or Klamath Falls and Mitch Fink and I mean it's just on and on. Every or even up to Northwest yeah. and and you got uh, Hussein Ford. It used to be yeah. there was three or four games that you know you could count on but every night is competitive yeah i totally agree the guard play in our conference right now is probably as good as it's ever been when you look at fink and pink in particular you know ever just martin over at loma yeah those three guards are are 
three of the better guards I've seen in our conference for sure. Yeah, and Taryn Bradford's just going to be a sophomore down at Southern, yeah. and yeah, it just goes on and on. Well, mm-hmm. Coach, it you know it's about time to throw the ball up, and you know we wish you luck. I always enjoy going out to your gym, small and loud, and you have really raucous fans, and your team always plays its heart out and. There's some great ball games I've seen in there. I look forward to this season and uh, wish you well as the season gets started. I truly appreciate it. And it's the games against uh, OIT and some of the other elite teams in our conference and coming here in gym are, are really special, and I'm looking forward to them this season. Well, I really want to encourage anybody in Portland, uh, get out and watch some NAI ball. There's a couple of great teams in town. Uh, Jared's team, Warner Pacific, they're over there in Southeast, as Multnomah is as well. Best entertainment value in the nation. It's cost, what, six, seven, eight bucks a night to get in a game. Uh, but it's some of the best basketball you'll ever, ever see. And you'll have a ton of fun if you go over there and watch them. So I encourage it. Well, thank you, Jared. I, I, I appreciate your time and uh, good luck. That's Jared Valentine, uh, Warner Pacific. Thank you. Thank you. It's fun. We'd like to remind you this podcast is exclusively owned by Cascade Hoops Talk. It may not be used in portion or entirety without exclusive written permission from Cascade Hoopstock. Thank you for listening.